Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! Put a little baby black! Get that garbage out of here! Welcome to Toronto Basketball Matters Podcast number 12. We've reached number 12, guys, and with me is the usual suspects. My left is the sport doctor himself, the self-proclaimed sport doctor. What up? Mr. Gregory Yoroshadis, and to my right is the return, and I think it's going to be a uh, permanent position of the Twin Dragon podcast. I was going to say, you said the uh, usual suspects. Thank the you very suspects. much. usual suspects. So the trifecta is back again, so... Game three, NBA Finals last night. Um, uh. Cleveland, Cleveland squeaked one, almost squeaked one out until the last three minutes. Until Golden State put up 19 points. Um, is this the end for Cleveland, Greg? Can they take Golden State back home? Game four. Hey man, anything can happen, but ostensibly yes. This is this is the end. <laughs> this is the end, my friend, for Cleveland. You don't think it's going to be like last year? I would love to see something epic. I would absolutely love it. My question is. Do the Cavaliers have the character and the pride to make Golden State earn this championship? Because they have yet to be challenged. They seem to go pretty hard, though, that game. They were up. I mean, it just had that last minute and a half, two-minute collapse. They had everything. They yeah. were up, yeah. and then they just kind of... All their offense looked really poor at the beginning of the game. Or, sorry, at the end of the game there. But it was, it was just depressing to see... Durant come hit shots, pull up that pull, pull up, up three, that dagger. Yeah, I saw two and then massive all the turnovers. missteps by Cleveland in like the last like two minutes. One of them was Kyrie Irving sort of playing out the clock. Yes. That was a c- complete fuckery afoot for Cleveland Cavaliers. And the second fuckery thing was, was LeBron James clearly fatigued toward the latter half of the the second half, the fourth quarter especially, oh, and just boo-hoo. missing Kevin Durant, which has been a trend. Yeah, yeah. Every game so far, he's been. Yeah, but Pretty even much only shit so in much you're guarding court. Kevin Durant defensively, you're facilitating the offense offensively. It's just sort of a, it's it's you, you, no man can sort of play in that pace, in general. Like I, I, LeBron is stretching, is wearing himself thin essentially. Can 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 I take you back though to a moment in the game that f- I, it was I think the second last possession I want to say, when uh, James he went left on on Green, okay he goes left. He doesn't fully draw a second defender, and then he kicked it to Corver. When he went left, immediately I I questioned it because that means he's not going to finish because LeBron when he when LeBron wants to finish he goes right, mm-hmm. and then instead of pulling up and fading with a jump shot to I think that would have tied the game. 
he kicks it to Kyle Korver, and you know that's, that's a, a decent basketball play. But hey, man, this is this is your season on the line here. You're supposed to be the greatest. You know, no, I agree. People his, call him his, the goat. his legacy took a stab right there for sure. You know what I mean? But that's people what he draw, always does. But listen, where people draw the comparison between Michael Jordan and LeBron, Jordan would have shot that ball exactly. You know, Michael Jordan's a closer. He will close out every game. He wants a goddamn ball in those hands. LeBron James is not a goddamn closer. He had thirty-nine. He had thirty-nine points before that shot. Yeah, but that's though. what they have Kyrie Irving, right? Who's that? LeBron. Yeah, Kyrie LeBron. Irving's so it's not like he didn't do anything that game. He got them to the point where they're even in it. So, yeah, yeah I agree. maybe Le- maybe LeBron didn't he passed it off. But that's what he does. He's a, he also passes first. Kyle Korver has a higher percentage. Why wouldn't you pass it off there if he's more open? Because now That's who LeBron is compared to Jordan. Jordan might have taken a shot that with a hand if, in his face. If you're the leader of a team and you have a shot like that in the lane, you take the shot because no one really wants to take that shot but you. Everyone's expecting you to take that shot. And as a leader, those are the, the responsibilities that come with being a leader in, in basketball, right? Like, his confidence level needs to be there to end that game right there, right? It, I don't think you can point to LeBron, though, as the reason why they're not winning these games. No. LeBron, it, look it, at Ke- Kevin pointing, Love had nine points no, last night. I'm not but he's played decent. Nine in points in 37 I'm minutes. I'm not pointing to LeBron as to why they lost the game. I'm I'm looking at that particular play, um, and sort of questioning why he didn't make a play for himself instead of trying to create for another in that moment. That's not the time to 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 drive left if you're LeBron. That is the time to go right. Go at green, draw the foul, get something. Maybe you can get a rebound, cr- crash the boards, you know. Uh, and, yeah, if that was Jordan, it wouldn't have been an issue. And that's where a lot of people say Jordan still holds supremacy because in basketball, being clutch matters. Being clutch matters. And I know everyone says, oh, LeBron's clutch, LeBron's clutch. And you know what? He went to Miami to get a guy like Wade who was clutch. Then he came back to Cleveland to get a guy like Irving, who is a finisher. Well, talking clutch. clutch last night, Kevin Durant kind of turned a corner last night. I think typically in the past, you know, especially in his playoff performances, Kevin Durant wasn't typically associated with being a clutch. I don't know, man. He's, he's, performer, he has but last night, because he, uh, he could shoot. LeBron's shot. no, but LeBron I'm saying when he was of OKC, he was you know, Kevin Durant shooter. wasn't typically known as a closeout guy, like a really uh. great clutch performer. But last night, he you know, he definitely turned a corner. Maybe like, what's the biggest reason why he maybe is a, a great? fucking clutch player in the fourth quarter is it just confidence playing with great players around you like what do you think i think you first have to have well it obviously first is is a, is a mental thing it's a mentality that it's supreme confidence supreme confidence that mm-hmm. that you don't want to give the ball up because you don't want to risk that anybody else ruining this game i need it because i know but I'm it's like score. it's like rational confidence not like irrational confidence it, like ricky it, davis it, pounding know, like a 40 man. at the halftime and coming out and jacking up like to 30 some shots. degree you can call it irrational ricky. confidence because there's a huge <laughs> chance that you're gonna miss it had okay but uh with with lebron he's always deferred to others in moments in, in crunch time and it's been a huge criticism on him was it the right basketball play i'm not so sure in that context in that particular context, I don't think if I'm the coach of that team, I'm telling LeBron to pull up in the lane mm-hmm. and get something at the rim there instead of kicking that ball. If you go to Kyle, that's again, he's a percentage kind of a guy that he had a good look from the corner, Kyle Corbin. And if he hits that, they're up 116, 111, I think, with 50 seconds left. The game essentially, if they can come down and make one stop, it's over. 
But he didn't because the ball. But but he didn't hit the shot. The ball was out of LeBron's hands. And then you, as so for LeBron, his season right there. If he pulled up and hit, and and hit a shot, let's just say they 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 end up winning that game. Uh, if if they miss it, they miss it. At least it goes down on you, right? By deferring to another person, you the game's now out of your hands. And it's, he has to make sure that his team wins that game. He has to make sure of it. And by 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 taking that shot, you assure that your team wins that game. But there's a higher percentage of Kyle Korver hitting that How shot. How many game so winners does Kyle Korver hit? This is the NBA be, Finals, man. This he's not he's not Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. He's a different type of player. So you can't like you can't say it's like that. He he got the highest percentage shot, an open look in the corner to Kyle Korver, it wasn't open. which would have iced close on him. And also, by who? he by shouldn't Curry? have drive. He shouldn't have driven left. He should have gone to his power side and gotten a second defender. Because, like, there wasn't even. He well, there was no feign. screen. There like, was no screen no, either. Like, there was there nothing. There wasn't even a feign like like he was going to shoot it. Right. Like his 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 body language never told us that he would. Look, the entire last two minutes of that game, Cleveland's offense was completely frantic. Because he was they, tired. They, they were. Right? There was. There was nothing going on. That's where you go to the maybe to the coach and go, what what the hell? Why don't you call a timeout there? Really settle them down a little bit. They they really, really dropped the ball because the last minute's offense. If well, I speaking could... of coaching, you know what I mean? Steve Kerr came in, I think, within the last three minutes, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but he told those guys, you can score 20 points in three fucking minutes, and they put up 19. I, I, I'm just kind of going back to coaching and trying to – I'm not trying to point the finger in the situation, but is Tyron Lue maybe out of his element right now playing in the NBA Finals mm. against a coach like Steve Kerr? With no, he's like he's won championships. He has coached for many years. It's not that he's out of his element. It's that he has – I think he was selected to coach that team because LeBron liked him and he was looked at as a player's coach. And look, when you've got mega stars like he does, um, it's very easy just to say, look, the best coaching tactic is for us to defer to these guys. The problem is, just like we saw with the Raptors, that's easily stopped in the playoffs, especially against elite competition. And look, LeBron looked tired towards the end. That's part of the reason why he was he was deferring. What they need to do, see, as Kobe and 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 Jordan got older. They played through the block. Okay, LeBron needs to go on the block. He needs to post up, but he's not doing that because he doesn't like his fadeaway jump shot, right? So everything with LeBron is shoulder to shoulder. I'm gonna dribble. I'm gonna go at you. He needs to. They need to have put him on the block so that he could doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. Put him on the block. Give him the ball, and then you run the offense through him. Because he was just exhausted, and that's part of the reason why he faded in the fourth. How many points did he get in the fourth? I have not a lot. He hasn't gotten many points in the fourth. Right. I think he, he had, had five twenty-seven in the first the half, right? Yeah, remarkable. That's remarkable. Great like Golden State five, has what, he three can't guys. Have, he can't have twelve in the in in the second half in that game. He just can't. Like whatever you got to do as a team, that can't happen. So my theory is with Tyron Lue. Uh, I, I don't think that he has. Again, I think LeBron pretty much coaches this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of the game, like you said, he looked tired. Yeah. At this at this point, there's a he basically looks to LeBron to see what he wants to do. And if LeBron's too tired to even think to call a timeout, he thinks he can keep going. Tyron Lue's not going to be the guy to call the timeout. He's going to let LeBron do what he thinks he should do. He's going to think that LeBron wants no timeout and wants to keep rolling with it. So uh, I think the difference between, like you said, Kobe and Jordan is they had a coach in Phil Jackson <laughs> who actually can can uh, come in uh. and and maybe step in and say, look. 
take a timeout, take a seat. We need to readjust here. We can still win this game easily because we're up by fucking five points. Yeah. And that's, I think, the difference between having someone like like that and having Tyron Lue on your bench. I think he's being totally outcoached in this series. But also the players on Golden State, the, the offense is, is ridiculous. But it's not to say they weren't in, the, in that game last night. They should have won that game. And that's purely on the players. I don't think it has anything to do with the coach. If anything, the coach at the end of the game has to call a timeout, really, and just settle his team down. But Okay, so the other alternative would have been to rest LeBron more during the game. He rested for, I think, two or three minutes. In that span, the Warriors went plus 12 without LeBron on the court. But that is, like, how is that possible, right? You have Irving and Love and Thompson, like, and a bunch of professional basketball players. Without one guy, really, you guys can't, they have nothing without him, and and maybe that speaks to the system there, right? They just play basic American basketball, high pick and roll, right? They they don't have the movement offense that that Golden State seems to have. I think there's two players that are really key for for Cleveland that have been playing not very well. Tristan Thompson's been playing terribly. Yeah. He's, JaVale McGee's made him look like he doesn't even JaVale. he doesn't even know how to rebound anymore. And uh Richard Jefferson. If Richard Jefferson could actually guard Kevin Durant a little bit and give LeBron that break, then maybe he can actually rest for more than what do you say, 4 minutes? Two, Th- two three. minutes, 3 minutes. So those two players have completely almost ruined it for for their second unit. Yeah. And it hasn't given thinking. them a chance at all. If those players can actually step up, yeah. I think Deron Williams has no points in the playoffs so far. Their second oh, unit has Darren totally Williams, let them man. down. It's one Wait, of the main reasons why. you think he has why. no points? I think he has zero points so far. What, in the finals? Uh, in the finals, yeah. He looks old, Darren Williams. Like, I know... He's See, old? <laughs> Cleveland, they got all these... Old sharpshooters, which works as long as LeBron can penetrate, because then the defense is all out of whack. But the Warriors, they're so good at keeping you in front. They're such a great, and that can't be overlooked. The Warriors are a great defensive team, and defense wins. Well, they have lengths. They have a lot of length, they and they le- can rotate really, really well. They have the bodies, and they have the the attention to detail. Like like Kevin Durant is playing amazing defense. News alert, news alert, news alert. I am reading breaking news from breaking news Breaking right news. Now. Apparently, the car that Derek Fisher rolled at 3 a.m. is registered to Matt, Matt Barnes. What? Yeah, he gave it to his wife, apparently. Yeah. I read and that earlier. Car, apparently as well. Oh, my God. Matt well, Barnes is going to drive down to wherever <laughs> and put a fucking hit on a motherfucker. All right, so with like, – okay, so with a f- – Potential four-game sweep, Graffin. What do you think the Cleveland Cavaliers should do? Should they maintain the same roster they have right now, or is it a genuine, genuine cause for concern? Should they be looking at offloading certain players, such as Kevin Love, for example? No, I think it'll be a typical LeBron James type of team offseason mm-hmm. in where they unload a lot of players and they sort of keep the core. I think Kevin Love, Kyrie are going to stay. Um, if anything, they're going to try to move the pieces around them. Right. I don't... I don't know about Kyle Korver. Um, I was kind of pitching this to Greg the other day, and I was kind of thinking, so Paul George has one year left in his contract. Realistically, he's not going to re-sign with the Indiana Pacers, nor is he probably going to re-sign with the majority of teams he could potentially be traded to, such as the Boston Celtics. He's talking about or ideally wanting to go back home to Los Angeles and play for the Lakers. So with that being said... Having a one-year rental and flipping Kevin Love for a one-for-one con- like trade, basically, for Paul George, with the understanding that you're probably going to get about 40, 50 cents on the dollar training Paul George because he's probably not going to resign with your, 
your organization, you're grabbing Paul George purely as a means to kind of contest for the, uh, the NBA championship. What do you think about a trade like that? What do you think Paul George on the Cleveland Cavaliers, what would he bring to the table? And do you think they could dethrone the Golden State Warriors with the addition of having a shooter like Paul George playing you know, outside and having Tristan Thompson, you know, banging the boards, having four guys who can. Space I mean, I think well, possibly, but at the same time, it takes every LeBron team, even Miami, when he first went to them, they didn't win in their first year. It takes time to gel. So, I don't think that just doing a quick sort of flip like that. I think keeping Love on the team and Irving on the team is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and then keep building around them. They they already went. They're a hundred and twenty-seven million dollar, I think, payroll this year. The number one team. They're they're way above the luxury tax or into the luxury tax already. So they don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, you go into free agency, you find other pieces that you can sort of bring in, hopefully again for cheap, because you just pitch them that the East is easy. We're gonna face Golden State in the finals again next year, mm-hmm. and uh, come on over. Instead of pieces like that are aging, Deron Williams, pieces like that. Pieces you got to bring a piece that are actually kind of younger and good. Yeah. Well, well, but that's been the model, right, with LeBron James' teams has been surround him with veteran shooters. Right. Right? Like, I think James Jones is, you know. He's still on the team. Yeah, right? Like, he's been piggybacked to I don't know how many championships now, right? Uh, they yeah, they they need another. Sorry, going back to what you just said, like, James Jones technically has never really been good, like, ever. Didn't he play with Phoenix? Yeah, he was never a like a, a decent player. Steve he was Nash. always like an eighth, ninth, tenth guy off the bench, and somehow he just made like I don't understand James Jones' career. Sorry, I digress. His career is making sure LeBron's happy uh, after the game. Yeah. He just basically is a, a role player. Obviously. He's like he, basically a chef. Like he was the one yeah. smoking <laughs> that weed in the Cavs locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it was James Jones. He knows he's not playing. The weed man. James it was Jones. definitely. J.R. Smith. J- yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, for sure it was J.R. Smith, man. Mind you, if I got whooped like that and I was in California, I'd spark one up too. No, no. J.R. Smith strikes me as the kind of guy who like likes to come across as like he's a hood motherfucker, but in all actuality, he's like driving his SUV back to the Hamptons or some shit like that. <laughs> like he's a turtleneck, like wearing Argyle sweater wearing motherfucker, in my opinion. But. <laughs> so going back to the discussion, um, Clear, like we're talking about free agency, salary cap restraints, blah 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 blah. Kevin Durant contract coming up. Based on, uh, I guess the the word on the street with the NBA, Kevin Durant realistically is looking like he's going to come back to the Golden State Warriors. Ugh. Does that force another core player out? Guys like Clay Thompson or potentially Jerry Green? What do you think? Um, if anyone's going, it's it's Clay Thompson. You can't get rid of Green. Green's the heart of the team. Mm-hmm. It makes way more sense to let Thompson walk. He's the he's the fourth wheel man. Like like offensively, the third, I suppose. There's just not enough. You can see that this year, the trajectory that he was on, that being upward trajectory, right, has sort of uh, what's the word stalled. He 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 doesn't have that that uh, elite sort of swagger to him. Uh, right, you can see that it's. I mean, he, he played good yesterday, and he's such a great defender. But I think he'd be much more uh, happy as a as a basketball player and a competitor in an environment so where Clay he Tom- had more responsibility. So I.e. Tom- the Toronto Raptors. Clay Thompson out. Okay, Clay Thompson out of the team. Who yep. is guarding James Harden? Who is guarding Kyrie Irving? Who is the primary guard defender on that team of Clay Thompson? You, out? you get a player who isn't as offensively skilled. 
but who can still play the kind of defense. So do you think a guy like Andre Robertson, who's an upcoming free agent, could fit that sort of mold of what Golden State would need in that situation? A non-shooter, pure defensive player. They have a they have a, uh, a kid that they've been bringing along. McCall? Nah, yeah, him and 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 the other guy with the headband. What about like a trade, like um, like a future, like like next say Boston's first next year. You're always, Avery Bradley you're always for speculating, Brandon. No, you're what do you think? Speculating. No, what do you think? About and every that trade, trade involves Paul George. <laughs> that is a fantastic trade, in my opinion. Graphic. I don't know what do you think. That like if, if, if they have to offload a contract, Avery Bradley I think has one year after this left on a cheap at six million dollars or something. How long is Thompson that. on the also book a first for? rounder? How long is Thompson on the books for? I think three years. I don't know. Three They're, more years. Again, the, the way that the Golden State's built their team so far. They gel so well. I don't think they're going to want to move a piece like that for someone. Well, I read, no, but Clay does Thompson he want to stay and be so that, redundant? So there's like, my they point. don't need him. He's not needed. Well, that's my point. So this year, he knows their, their cap was $100 million, is how much they spent. Yeah. So next year, they have 68 committed if Kevin Durant signs back. Which it looks they like They have more than enough money to give Clay Thompson $25 million, give Draymond what? Green $20 million, Steph give Steph Curry $25 million as well. He's going to ask an, for the max of 40 Steph Curry they, will want more than... He took the cheat took a four and 44 that guy's gonna get 40 katie's gonna get what 35 30 discount what 70 million dollars tied up between those two guys plus k thompson making 60 million dollars plus draymond making what 17 they can go up to 130 next year and that's pretty much going to be on the league average i mean portland's already committed to i think 120 million next year and their team's garbage you know what's so cra- why wouldn't golden state just stick with the exact same team go to 130 on the cap and just keep going with what they have sorry it's kind of a really random secondary thing you know what i read today so, you know what player makes more money than Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green? Motherfucking Alan Crabb on the Portland Crabb, oh yeah. That's crazy to me. I just kind of randomly read that. Well, I said this a while ago, but Portland, Portland's GM has given a lot of, like, look at the contracts on Portland's team right now. Evan Turner. There's a lot of people on that team that are making way more than they than they need to. No, that's why I said point. next year, $120 million already and committed. And they have an sure. incredible foundation in Nurchik, McCollum, Lillard. Incredible like, is, a strong, is a strong word. They have a good foundation. Sorry, I'm over exaggerating. Okay, so incredible, incredible I is, is you know like they they're I gonna be a I playoff see, team. I see a borderline not once in a generation center, but a good competent top five center in Nikolai Yurchik, who's Yurchik. slower Sorry, yeah. than 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 Valanciunas, mind you. But to your point about Thompson, it's not the money, right? It's not the money, Christian. It's it's that I don't think him as a competitor. Unless, like, he's bought into the idea of, he already oh, I can stated. stay. No, but, but, like, if you just look at his body language, he, he doesn't look like he's satisfied and included. Like, and how could you be? Like, when you're – me as a fan, I, I want to see him flourish. I want to see him be a bigger part of a team. Like, you could, he could come to the Raptors, slip in at the three spot, no problem. Put him beside D-Row, look, he's driving a- kick. He's a shooter, so he can do the opposite of what a lot of players do in their career when they play their whole career, they don't win a championship, and then they try to win a championship at the end, at the uh, end of their career, and they, can, and they yeah. look pretty bad. Yeah. He can actually, he's 27, he can win championships for the next three years, be 30 years old. And then, he's a shooter. Yeah, he could he'll, he'll he, he be, could around be an a asset time. on any team. So if he His can go from 30 on, he can move on then. I, I think but he, he really wants to win championships. But he to lead a team then. It's not about winning a championship. It's not about that. It's about being... Uh, being a leader 
And there is something that comes with that. If Clay Thompson's the leader on a team, I don't or, or think that leader, team's even he's making not even the playoffs. Like exactly. He's, he's expendable. No, 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 but I mean, he's expendable right now. And he could be on a team. Like, he last year, he was a core piece. Like, he, it was the Splash Brothers, right? Yep. The best backcourt in the NBA. Now, you don't hear that. You hear Durant and Curry are the best of all time, best duo of all time, which I think is a little bit of a gross exaggeration. Everyone knows it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robinson. But, but he is, shut up. <laughs> don't give me that look, Brandon. He signed until 2019, though, to the 2018-2019 contract. Uh, he signed already $18 million a year. So... He's not really going anywhere. But when did he sign? For the next uh, a sign? while ago. Okay, that's but I'm I mean. saying they're not he, gonna. What he's gonna ask for a I, trade? Someone's got to go. I, I I don't think that this. No, team no one intact. has to go. Why would they have to go? Okay, they so can financially. Just they don't not have enough. To. Like, Draymond doesn't need the ball as much, and Clay's a shooter and a, and a defender, so he doesn't need the ball to dribble it. But I just don't see him being satisfied with the talent that he has to be a a fourth wheel. To not be talked about. He won't be talked about in history. It's going to be about Curry and Durant, and he has to live with that, right? He's not even the Pippin to a Jordan. He's the Steve Kerr on the team. No, he would be more he's of the— He's the Steve Kerr. He's the third. He's the third most talked about and best, at least offensively, player He's the Luke Longley. The he's the Dennis Rodman, I guess. He's the, the Tony third, the Kukoc. Third he wishes he was, he was the worm. <laughs> yeah, but on the best team of all time. Oh, well, that's a whole—no. Let's just the best team of this era. So getting back on track in the NBA Finals. This is who, this who, is the track. Who do you think is the like who would be the Finals MVP? Kevin Durant. I call it today. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. Kevin Durant. There's no no question. Graphing where you at with that, buddy? Yeah, I'd give it to Kevin Durant as well. Okay. I think he deserves it. Uh, just look at the shot last night. That's the. I mean, it's not like Curry didn't want the ball. I think he had his hands up at the same time. He, he was, he was ready, no, no. but at the same time, Durant... It's winning time. This entire series, Durant has been sort of the answer every single time yep. to whenever Cleveland makes a run. And he always shuts it down and puts them back up by 10. Every time you look at the score, he it has been like unstoppable. Golden State's up by 10 points. Despite LeBron in the, guarding in the him, has, the if you watch LeBron guard him, you know LeBron doesn't even try to block his shot. And what he does, he puts his hand in his face yep. to block his vision. Because you cannot touch well, seven, Durant's jump he's shot. He's seven feet. No, he, he is not. He has made LeBron James um, look mortal. Uh, now people are saying, "Oh, he's the best in the world," but bullshit. LeBron is still the king in that respect. You can't tell me that Durant is the best player in the world when he's playing on a super team, right? You're the best player in the world when you lead a team to a championship, yeah, not when you have to see how great LeBron James is. Oh man! Oh, yeah. I'm I 100% agree. So going down down this uh, sort of conversation, this rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Um, we're we're talking about you know LeBron James just literally fucking putting everything he personally has within himself on the court night in night out, and you can see last night, especially in the fourth quarter, a little bit of fatigue. Faded. And it also brings the conversation of the NBA resting policy. Um, you know, some people are some, like huge supporters of resting players who ensure that they're able to be at their highest performance level, I guess, in the playoffs. Others think it's kind of a detriment to the game, the bastardization of what players accomplished in the past. Graffin, where are you at personally right now with the NBA resting policy? Just out of curiosity, or gra- you know, Greg, I'll give it to you right now. Let's start this off. I feel like you got some uh, shit to get off your chest. As oh, well. well, I mean, first of all, when you say those who oppose, that's mostly ESPN who, you know, it's Disney that doesn't want their viewing audience to go down. How do we watch basketball? <laughs> I'm just saying those we voices. Need, we, we need we need contracts between. Yeah, the you also need. The yeah, NBA. you need healthy players too. Like, yeah, you also need contracts yeah, from TNT to have Saturday night basketball. Yeah, sure, sure but the and but they have to work on a schedule where. Look, let me give you an example. 
Okay, I was in North Bay this past week. Where dreams go to die. Yeah, where, where, where dreams <laughs> go to die indeed. Okay. Uh, I coached my, my team that won a city championship uh, at the provincial, cha- you know, for those who are listening, uh, OFSA is the Ontario Federation Secondary School Athletics. Okay. And they played five games in two days. By the fifth game, I could hardly feel the team because, very simply, they were overplayed. Mm-hmm. The athletes and these these players, these kids don't have a union to stick up for them, by the way. Like the NBA Players Union, which is why LeBron sat, right? People think that he just sat for no reason. No, LeBron sat to make a statement as the head of the union that our current schedule, our current schedule is not conducive to our health. And our well-being. And I don't care how much money you make, you have rights. You have workers' rights. Okay? Now, hold on. Now, the point here is that when you play four games in five nights in different time zones, there is a it's scientifically proven that you are more likely to get injured. Done. Point. No argument there. Okay? And the and what the players are trying to do, right? And by and well, the reason why LeBron chose to rest then, it was to show the NBA that we're serious about this and we want more rest. We cannot play 82 games on a t- on a, uh, that are set by the networks, right? The networks are the ones that coordinate this stuff, apparently along with the NBA and owners. But it seems to me, like when you read into this, it's really the networks that are the ones that are creating this. I'm glad you bring the networks up because this is kind of like getting a raise from your boss and getting a whole bunch of money and then saying, from now on, I'm only going to work so the four boss, days a week. But you agree, the boss is Disney. Yeah, but the boss. Just as long as we know. Well, that when we're talking about resting players, it's not really that the fans are unhappy; it's that Disney is unhappy. Yeah, but they There's gave a, a reason to show these games. If they were yeah. playing in the YMCA down the street, I'm sure shit. Uh, many PBS would be, would be showing this shit without Disney. People there, would want to watch, right? Like it's not. Oh, thank God for Disney. Without Disney, we would never be watching sports. No, no, no. So absolutely not. Why do you think the salary cap has gone up? It's because of all these contracts that TV broadcasters yeah, are giving. So now they, so own they it. want to see this happen. It's easy to just fix it by doing a scheduling problem but this is this is a new age sort of issue jordan played 80 games when he was 40 years old malone played every single game in his career there's but the there, scheduling now though the way that they have structured it specifically with the back-to-backs and the four and five hasn't nights, changed no that's something that they didn't used to do as much if you look back and some of the old players will even say that but mind you the play the the rights of the players and the freedom that they have is is not the same in the 1960s you couldn't speak out against the league at all Right, so the players are, are are more powerful now, and the science is out there. We know now that this increases the risk of injuries. I'm talking about the 1990s with the same commissioner that Popovich did this exactly to. Mm-hmm. So David Stern, again, the whole thing started because basically the Spurs have been amazing as a basketball team, but terrible at ratings. So David Stern has hated them forever. Popovich basically said this to say "fuck you" to him and started resting players, and then other teams started adopting it as a strategy. No, but it's but it's not just a strategy. It's a way to keep your players healthy. Like players need rest. They're not racehorses. Like their bodies will break down, right? And that's not something that Greg Popovich, you know, pioneered per se. Like like in the league, yeah, he was the first to do it, but he got more out of his players. But in sports, that's something that you just do. Like, oh, I want my athlete to perform. Like if fans really care about the players, I want to see the players, well then they need wrestler that they can perform in the games that matter. Yeah, but half the teams make the playoffs, the other half don't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like when You F- shouldn't be resting players to tank. I agree with that. 
Look, yeah. the, the only teams that are resting players are the teams that are in the top three. It's San Antonio, no. Golden State. Teams are resting at the end of the year to tank. They okay. were resting. They were resting, in, right? They they, they were kind of yeah. right. Which, yeah, right. Brandon had a whole. They don't thing. need to rest anybody. They rested Jeremy Lin on the last game of the season. I almost had a heart attack. They, they don't need to rest anybody to tank. They're <laughs> garbage, anyways. <laughs> you know, look. So all I'm saying is that when we look back now, because now Adam Silver has come out and he said, "Hey." The players' union is on to something. Four games in five nights is too much. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm taking this side. Of, of course, I when I tuned in to see the Spurs and the Warriors midway through the season as a fan, and you know, ABC, ESPN, and Disney brought that to me as a fan, I was disappointed because I wanted to see them play. And that was gamesmanship between the Spurs and Golden State. Okay? So... Uh, which is not right. Like, they were doing it as strategy, a little different. But what I'm saying is you cannot have four games in five nights, back-to-back, different time zones, where guys can't get proper rest, are sleeping on planes, or uh, right? It's sitting on planes for long periods of time. Then you're going to go out there and ask them to run around. Their livelihood depends on their body. Sleeping on planes. They're sleeping in beautiful private charted jets. No, man. Luxurious airlines. Brandon, it's easy to say that because they, they have money. But the bottom line is these are seven-foot-tall guys that, that are sleeping in cramped quarters, and they're going to get cramps. It's not good rest. Their bodies need rest. There's no way around it, right? Like, okay, It's a palace in the sky, dude. Like, look, I don't think you understand was, what the hell For this some is. of these guys, all they get is one contract. And the NBA players have the power to actually have a union. Minor leagues, those guys are – there's so many horror stories of athletes that aren't protected by the leagues. The only reason why they are is because the NBA has its players' union. And right, and it's the players' union that has come out and said, "Hey, we need more rest." Look, there was a even Adam Silver said it. There was a correlation between injury and lack of rest. This isn't the NHL. You guys are not making eight, nine million dollars a year. If you're making forty fucking, not everyone's making forty. But Brandon, you only make that money off your body. But you only make that money off your body. What happens when you tear ACL? Making fifteen million dollars a season. Are you going to make that money if you tear your ACL? You get another contract? No. You need your body healthy. So it's, I would be selfish and say, no, I got to take care of my body, man, or else I'm not making no money. Look how many football players are, are you know, with no left with no money because they played for a couple seasons. They have no other talents. They're just trying to protect their body, which is a commodity, right? Now, there's ways that this can be structured, right? You shouldn't be resting players in primetime games. I don't think that's right to the fans. That's my whole thing. Of course. Right and that's okay. what people have – that's what they've been doing. The reason they did it is to prove a point to the that's league. That's my only thing. Exactly. Right but so that's the a bargain. To... It worked, man. Adam Silver got the fucking message. You listen to his press conference? He yeah, well, said, I listened to the players' union. Listen to Popovich as well. He said, this, he said something very similar. Again, it was – Nosferatu. <laughs> a lot of it had to do with the last commissioner and Popovich. So now that Adam Silver is there, it's very easy for them to actually – talk about something and come to a resolution but there's there's different ways to do it i mean if you really want to rest players in games and because there's a difference between injury and rest rest is just the guy's healthy and you're sitting him and a lot of the time it's on road games which sucks for the home for the home team who basically has one or two chances a year to see yeah. someone like lebron james come in so there are rules you can do but, and put okay, in place that would sort of stop that in and prevent that injury kind of stuff. and rest is being hurt if you play hurt enough you increase the risk of injury. So, bottom of the normal, if a player has a nagging... Look, I mean, look, we talked about LeBron being fatigued. The guy plays more minutes than anyone else in the league, right? Like, there is a cumulative effect that this has on your body, right? So, I think if guys are hurt and, like, it... And, look, this all comes from the NBA culture where it's championship or bust. 
right? Which is a problem where it's like, well, I'm fine resting players because I don't care about the regular season. We're in the playoffs. I just need my guys healthy. Right? Okay, so I have a sort of a, a crazy proposition to sort of solve. We love radical propositions. So, so, solving this. And kind of like you said there, like especially these super teams. But So basically one way, I think, to solve resting players and it would also switch everything up, is uh, the whole playoff scenario right now. Just because the East and the West is so kind of divided. But I think you can, and again, hear me out here. So you reseed the entire playoffs. You switch it down from 16 teams sort of to 14 teams. And basically, you, you give the top two teams a bye. So mm-hmm. something like a football sort of scenario. First of all, the, one of the reasons, I think 16 teams for so the NBA. Be six and six then on the other sides. It would be six, exactly. So six would be coming in on, yeah. the, on the next second round. So if you were, so again, it's the NBA is not prestigious enough. Like the playoffs are not as prestigious in the NBA because half of the league makes it, kind of like the NHL. If you look at the NFL, if you look at baseball, it's a privilege even to make it in alone. Yeah. So I think that's one way just to even sort of so what you're saying is make it sort of less of a championship league where it's I either win or it's not a good season. Yeah. That way you can sort of perceive it a little bit better. Also giving the top two teams a bye, that would provide the top two teams incentive to actually rest their players during the first round of the playoffs. So San Antonio, for instance, they're going to really want to try to beat Houston. And it really, if you look at the records at the end of the year, it comes down to three or four games. Yeah. So that makes them really think about these kind of games. Uh, again, if you actually do some 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 work with the with the NBA head office and actually provide the schedule way ahead in advance, and you can sort of do things like that. It would obviously prevent these kind of things, but something like that, you had an extra week, stretch the playoffs a little bit out, and it sort of changes the whole dynamic of everything. You would have some crazy matchups in the first round because there'd be so much unknown as well. You wouldn't really want to face... If you're going to tank a three or four games, you maybe wouldn't want to face a team that comes in the West uh, just because you don't know them or don't play them. So again, it's a crazy notion, but it's one that I think could... It will a sort of change the way that people are resting players because now you're really really fighting uh-huh. you don't want to come yep. in fifth place yep. right now if it were to be reseeded this year Cleveland would have come in fifth Houston would have been in third which means that they would be playing Golden State not in the finals they'd be playing them the round before that and you're actually so, playing for something in the regular exactly season as well, so so and again if if you really yeah, want to make yeah, it a little yeah. bit just to again to go a little bit further if you want to make maybe like a wild card game between that eighth spot in the playoffs just to yeah. make things interesting there like a one game play or something like that. Mm. Again, it just makes the playoffs more interesting. I find that this year, I think we talked about it earlier, but the NHL playoffs were great, but then the finals, no one was really looking forward to it, which is the exact opposite in the NBA. The playoffs were kind of, you know, not that great, but then the finals, everybody was looking forward to it before this sort of inevitable sweep, I guess. But uh, again, it's just a way to make, well, A, players not rest, B, make the playoffs something more prestigious, yeah, and then sort of C, make it more interesting as well for the fans, so that you're not just looking forward to a finals. If the Raptors make the second round of the playoffs or the third round and we beat Houston or something like that, that, would, be awesome. that would be amazing. It just kind of switches things up. So that's, it's a, it's not the easiest way to sort of solve resting players, but I think it just completely shakes things up and would be crazy. Brandon, what are your thoughts, thoughts? on that? I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I think it actually you know, like there's actually you're playing for something regular season. That has been one of the biggest issues. You know, there's been two teams who you know are eventually going to play in the NBA Finals. I think it legitimizes the actual regular season. Yeah, the um, semi. The I think semi- it's a fantastic fi- idea. I think that's a very, very great idea. The semifinals this year would have been Golden State and Cleveland on one side, yeah. and then Houston or San Antonio versus either the winner of Houston or Toronto. Sick. So could you imagine that again as a fan? And again, that's you're getting the real the best, best teams. Win. You're getting the best teams as a po- you know. So many years it's been kind. Of, I've thought that if Oklahoma City or San Antonio, if they were in the other conference, 
right? Like the Western Conference Finals was the finals. That's mm-hmm. what I, I I remember thinking that. Um, I yeah, I think that's actually a like good you idea. You won't get like Cleveland punting like the latter half of the regular but, season again because they the know first, that exactly. the Boston Celtics are shit. The first round in this year, if that were the case, would be Cleveland versus Memphis. Which, if they were to just jump Boston and come in first in the East instead, or have more wins than Boston technically, they'd be facing Indiana, and they already swept Indiana. So it really gives you incentive to play someone you know as well. Yeah. That that playing the unknown, playing the Western teams, having to do the travel as well, yeah. you don't want to do that. And then again, going back to that two teams getting a bye, well, there's all your rest. You yeah. want to actually earn your rest? Well, yeah. there you go. It's earn just it. like the yeah. NFL. You yeah. get a first you round. You could bye. also have designated like. You know, rest day like you have a certain amount that you can use as a as a team, right? Uh, and work that in. So uh, after Graffin just you know Christian Graffin, Christian Wolfgang, Graffin, uh, after he gave us this wonderful idea, he has to leave us now. He, unfortunately for us, but fortunately for him, well, he, fortunately time for to go all hit of some us, dingers. This is the end for Toronto Basketball Matters, guys. This is podcast number twelve. We'll be back next week, uh, next Thursday, maybe with a conclusion of the NBA Finals. But with that, guys, thank you very much for listening. The goat is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're <laughs> fucked. Uh, this is Brandon Kajoka. Peace out, T. Dot. Christian Graffin, Greg Yerushadis. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and go Golden Seiko. Uh, Peace.